I, I sort of had a revelation this week as, as I was sitting before the Lord and after talking to some people and so on. And I realized that we see the Bible in the wrong way. That many people look at the Bible and they see the Bible as the standard we have to live by, which it is. That's not wrong. And we see it and we think, that's the standard. And then we look at ourselves and we think, I don't meet the standard. Yes, we know that we're saved and we're forgiven and all these things. But we sort of look at the Bible and go, you know what? It's not quite meeting the standard. You know, I'm still fighting off this sickness or... You know, I've still got financial areas as pressure or I've still got sin that I keep, keeps coming around and I keep facing up to it and, and I don't meet the standard of the Bible. And God gave me the revelation. He says that we're looking at the Bible all wrong. The Bible is not a standard, it's a mirror. And when you look into a mirror, what do you see? You see your reflection. And when you look into the Bible, you actually see who you really are. Because you see, the financial lack and the, the sickness and the sin that you're facing up is actually no longer you. But when you look in the Word of God and it says that you are healed, when you look in the Word of God and it says that you are blessed, when you look in the Word of God and it says you are prosperous, when you look in the Word of God and it says that you are saved and you are righteous, what you're looking at is not a standard, you're looking at a mirror. You're looking at a reflection of who you actually are. And you see then when you look at the reflection, if you looked in the mirror and you put on some clothes or whatever it is, you know, or maybe you've been working out, so you stand there with nothing on and you look at yourself and you think, hey, looking pretty good, you know. My mirror isn't big enough to do that, so you know. But you know, if you put on an outfit and you think, you know, like I always say, you know, you put someone in a tux, everyone looks good in a tux, Right? You know, and you see, you see guys at weddings and, you know, they, they sort of come out and, and uh, I remember being in churches where you'd take them out to the side room and there'd be a mirror in the room and you see the guys that, you know, they're normally, you know, shorts and T-shirt and, you know, there might be a tradie or something and, you know, covered in dirt all the time and, and they stand there in their tux and they look in the mirror and they just stand a little bit taller because they see themselves in reflection they think, you know what, I look pretty good. And they walk a little taller they stand a little stronger because they know they look good because everyone looks good in the tux. That's why you wear them at weddings. <laughs> and that's how it is when you look at the Bible. See, when you look at the Bible, you shouldn't look at it and go, oh, I fall short. You should look at the Bible as your reflection and stand a little taller. You see, you walk in righteousness because you're already righteous, not because you're trying to be righteous. You walk in health and healing, not because you're trying to get better, but because you're already healed. You walk in prosperity and blessing because you're already prosperous and blessed. It's not looking at it. See, the devil has twisted it and he's brought religion in that says we look at the Word of God and we don't see a reflection. We see what we should be and think, oh, we're short. And that's wrong. When you look at the Word of God, it says who you already are. And where there are weaknesses or failings, they're being transformed into who you really are. That you're not the guy who's crawled out of the mud and looks in the mirror and thinks, ah, you're the guy in the tux. You're the lady in your wedding gown. Looking in the mirror going, I look pretty damn good. Because that's who you are. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves, 
It's a gift of God. The grace that God has given you. You see, it's two words, grace and mercy. Mercy means you don't get what you do deserve. You know what grace is? Grace is where you get what you don't deserve. It's where you get what you don't deserve. And it's by grace. See, we often come with the mercy of, oh, gee, I really should have this, and thank you, God, that you don't do that to me. And we live our lives in mercy. We need to live our lives by grace. Because it says that we approach the throne of grace. And it's by grace you've been saved. It's where you get what you don't deserve. That's what grace is. And it's by that grace where you get what you don't deserve that you've been saved. Not that you're scraping into heaven, but that you're walking in dressed in the finest of robes. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Healing is a gift that's been given. Prosperity is a gift that's been given. Salvation is a gift that's been given. Forgiveness is a gift that's been given. And so we walk in righteousness because we are already righteous. It's a mirror. That's why we read the Word of God, not because we strive to look like that, but because we already look like that. And we want to know what we look like. So I don't want us to be here dragging ourselves in this morning. I want us to stand up like we're the bride of Christ. I want to stand up like we're dressed in our best best tucks. In our finest garments. If you think, I haven't got any fine garments, think about the garment you'd love to be wearing and how you'd love to look in it. Because that's even a, it's just a part of how God sees you. That's how you already are. Not how you're becoming, it's how you already are. People go, oh, but you know, since we're being sanctified. Yes, you're being sanctified. That's the work of the cross. Being working out through you, but it also says that you are sanctified. You are made righteous. You are holy. In fact, it says that you're the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. So that means when you look in the mirror, you have to be right. Because you reflect His glory. You reflect His majesty. You reflect His kingship. Yeah? Have you ever seen, you know, king, queen? They never get photographed. Ever. Covered in mud, dragging themselves through, yeah? It could be the biggest crisis in the world. You know, the world falling down around them. Buildings demolished. I mean, in the middle of World War II, the king did never walked out, you know, in a shorts and T-shirt. He still walked out in his fine suit. He would walk among the rubble, among the distress, dressed in his finest garments every time. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. You are still the righteousness of God. You are still clothed in his righteousness. Yeah? So I want us to start changing how we think and changing how we see ourselves. When you start seeing yourself through sin, that's a lie. When you start seeing yourself as sick, it's a lie. When you start seeing yourself as broke, it's a lie. Because how you think is how you are. Do you know that? So it's time to change how we think and start looking in the mirror rather than looking at the standard. Because you are the standard. 
because Christ is in you and you are in him. Therefore, you are the standard. So start living like you look in the mirror. Yeah? We're going to do the kids. Yes, sorry. That's it. All right. I'm going to do the kids, yeah? Kids, come on over. Tally's going to help me with my story today. No, I'm going to stand on this side because I am the maitre d' of the wedding. Now they've all made you brides and grooms. Everyone sitting on there, yes, thank you. All right. Now, my job is I am, I am the MC, the maitre d' of a wedding. You know what they do? All right, they're the person that when there's a wedding... They make sure that everything runs smoothly. They make sure there's lots of food to eat. Who likes to eat lots of food? Yeah. That everybody's got something to drink. Who likes to have something to drink? Yeah. And that everything's just happening, all right? They look after the bride and the groom. Should we make this our bride and groom? <laughs> this, this lovely young couple here. Aren't they looking so beautiful? Hold on, we need to really, you know... Just so you know that she was the bride and he was the groom. Yeah. <laughs> Should do his tie up and then here in his tux, you know, looking very fine. So this is their wedding, and we're all having a good time. Now Jesus went to a wedding. Did you know that? He went to a wedding, and 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 they were all partying and having a good time. Can you dance while you sit down? Okay, you guys aren't very good. It's called dancing while you sit down. Do sit down dancing. And, and my, my job, I was running around making sure everyone had their food and, and their water and, you know, that they had lots to drink and, and you know, oh, you drink. Yes, thank you very much. Looking after them all. We can't get you too drunk too early. Anyway, in the middle of the wedding, something happened. They ran out of wine. They had nothing to drink. It was gone. There was nothing to drink. Now, this got really difficult. Now, this would have been really embarrassing for the couple getting married because they organised the whole wedding. Can you, imagine, can you imagine going to a party, a birthday party, and there was no food? Wouldn't that be embarrassing? Like, what are we going to do? So it was really embarrassing for this couple. And, and what were they going to do? And, and people suddenly whisper, there's nothing to drink. There's nothing to drink. We're getting thirsty. We've got something to drink. Anyway, Jesus' mother... She said to Jesus, hey, Jesus, they've got nothing to drink. And Jesus went, and? What do you want me to do about it? But she was very smart. She went over to the servants. So Tally's my servant today. And they said she, she said to the servants, tell you what, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. Okay. All right? She went, okay. So Jesus was standing there, and Jesus listened to what the father said. And the father said, tell the servants to go and fill the barrels with water. Now, we couldn't get any barrels in here because of everything. So I've got little barrels today, all right? So I'm going to give these barrels to Telly. So Jesus said to the servant, hey, can you fill those with water, please? Now, I'm the maitre d'. I'm standing here. I'm sort of you know, thinking, what am I going to do? I've got no wine. I've got no wine. What am I going to do? No one's got anything to drink. Oh dear, getting a bit scary, a bit worried. 
You know, the couple are getting a bit nervous. Everyone's going to get upset with us. They're going to leave the party. We're going to be in this wedding all by ourselves. What a failure! The rest of our lives. Anyway, Jesus said to the servant, Hey, take those barrels of water to the maitre d' and have him test it. So the servants came to me and they bought me. I, I didn't know my friend. And I was there. <laughs> um, I just wanted to follow on from Philip, and then we're just going to have a little time of worship and just see what God does. But um, this week I was, I was reading about the story about the Israelites and how they they had been led out into the desert. It was Moses, and they were um, they were going. You know, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? And God provided for them, and. Um, they, they had manna from heaven, which is like little pieces of bread that, you know, like little crisp, taste like honey. And um, they had water come out of the rock and all those things. And God just kept on providing for them. But you know what? They got grumpy. They got tired of eating the manna. And so they said, we want meat. You know, we want more, which is how often we do the same thing. God provides for us. He's blessing us. And we get grumpy and don't get thankful. And instead of coming to him in the proper way, we go, God... And we yell and shout and fuss and, and all those things and aren't thankful. But God, he's so gracious and he was gracious to the Israelites. And he said, all right then, I'll give you meat. And so he had all these little quail up here at the outskirts of the camp. For 30 days they had quail until they got tired of eating quail. And so they, the quail stopped. But they had so much meat they didn't know what to do with it. They had birds everywhere. They were eating meat all the time. And, uh, and it was like they couldn't figure out how that was possible. Here they were in the middle of the desert. Nothing was grow- you know, growing. They were sitting there and yet God kept on providing for them. And it's like for us, often we look at our circumstances and we look at our future. We look at what we have in our hand and we go, how on earth is, is it possible that God is going to answer my prayer? How on earth is it possible that he's going to answer my need? And we underestimate God. And that's what I really want, feel God's saying to us this morning is don't underestimate me. I can make quail drop out of heaven to feed you if I need to. I can make manna appear. I can make money appear. I can heal just like that. I can set free, just like I was telling about the man in the service in another church. And, you know, he was, he was off to have an operation and it was just gone. Bang, like that. You know, and we, and we often think we've got to stress and struggle and all those things. No, we've just got to believe what God says. We've just got to believe that he is the one who supplies our need. He is the one that, that sees and he knows. And, you know, we can all fall into the worry and the stressing and the hurrying and flurrying about, but God doesn't want us to do that. He just wants us to focus our attention on him and what his word says. Because if we abide in him and his word abides in us, we can ask whatever we desire and that shall be done for us. John 15. And, you know, and I just really want to encourage us all, don't underestimate God. Don't underestimate what he can do in your life right now and what he can do in the, your life in the future. Just take what, you know, look at what God's word says. Like Philip said, it's a mirror of who we are and what is possible. What is possible. And just don't underestimate him. He says, I will do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think or dream or dare to imagine because of his power that it is work within us, Ephesians 3.20. You know, it's like he wants to do more than what we can even think. 
You know, the, the Israelites were like, oh, we might have chicken, you know, one day. No, God just said, all right, you want it one day, I'll give it to you 30 days. Because God will do exceedingly more all the time, all the time, according to our faith. And our faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. So I encourage you to just believe God. Believe that it's not about what we can do all the time. Yes, we've, we've got to do the things that God has blessed us and enabled us to do, but it's not all up to us. Just take what God says and run with it and say, God, I don't, under, I don't underestimate you. Forgive me for underestimating you because he will do more than we can ask or think. And that's just the same as the, the people at the wedding. They're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But if Jesus is with us, we're good. If Jesus is with us, nothing is impossible. You know, that's just like was a one-minute miracle, you know? Like we always think, oh, it's going to take this and this. It was just a simple, just go and do this. So don't underestimate God this morning. If you have a need, if you want God to work in your life and what we want him to do in our city, you know, we just got to know what God is doing and then to start to declare it, start to speak it because it just will happen. You know, the spoken word, we are speaking spirits. We've been given the authority to speak and declare things, and it happens. It happens. You know, that woman with the breast that grew back, how often had I talked about that? I'd been speaking about that and speaking about that, and what happened? It happened. What we declare actually happens when we, when we take hold of what God and don't underestimate him. So I want us this morning to stop underestimating him and say, God, I'm just expecting you to move. I'm expecting you to work. Not tell him how to do it, just expect him to do it. Don't tell him how to do things, just expect him to work in your life and in our midst and in our city and to release things over this city because what the enemy is trying to do is not what God wants to happen. And as we were worshipping a few moments ago, I saw us all walking around, but some of us were walking around not really knowing what to do. We're up there all together, but some were walking around going, well, what do I do now? And it's like God wants us to look at him and to hear and then to look down on our city, on our nation and go, God, what do you want me? What is the blueprint for our nation? What is the blueprint for my family and my city and where I work? What do you want to release? Because when you get hold of that, then our job is to go, right, let's speak that. Let's declare that. And I'll tell you what, it works. There's story after story coming of just like, I did this and this happened. I spoke this, I knew what God wanted to happen in my situation and I started to speak it and that's what happened because you're releasing things from heavenly places. So I want us, when we're coming into worship, we're going to spend a few minutes before we take communion, is I want us to just look in the mirror of the word and see what God says we are and then stop underestimating what he can do in us and through us. And, and to look down and go, God, what do you want to start to declare? What do you want me to speak over my situation? Instead of speaking the problem, speak the answer. Instead of speaking what you can see, speak what heaven is seeing. Yeah? If you've got issues in your relationships, then start to speak what God says. You know, like Shara, we, we prayed for her and we went to the courts last night about a work situation. And I could just see her marching through work situations and she was just free. So we just started to speak those things. If we speak the problem, we bind ourselves by a word and what the enemy is doing. Whereas if we speak the solution on what God is saying, that's what comes to pass. Yeah? Because whatever you speak, that's what happens. That's what the Bible says. Mark eleven twenty two. Yeah? So let's see what heaven is saying over your situation and over our city this morning and let's then declare it and see what 
God will do. Don't underestimate him. Every time you think, oh, is that possible? Look to the mirror. What does God say? Look to the mirror. So let's just worship him. Just close your eyes. Just focus upon the word of God this morning that all things are possible.